Welcome to Fuji Love. This is the show that is all about the Fujifilm X-Series and GFX cameras, but more importantly, it's about the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, whether it's news, interviews, and so much more, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And now, on with the show. My guest this week is Kyle McDougal. Kyle is an amazing photographer who has a great YouTube channel where we basically go along for the adventure wherever the wind takes you. Uh, presently, it's England. You are a digital photographer, a film photographer. You, you have created books on photography. Did I miss anything there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think that's... Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. You have a very well-rounded uh, experience there. And if I'm not mistaken, you have a book out right now, right? Or is one coming out soon? Yeah. So actually, uh, crowdfunding just ended for it two days ago. So uh, going to production basically now. Nice. And is there any way for anybody, even though the crowdfunding is done, to contribute to that? Well, yeah, so it's open for now. It, it'll be a pre-order if people want to, you know, uh, grab a copy uh, while it's being made. Basically, the crowdfunding was to fund the production. And then anyone who contributed to that, we there were some like bonus incentives. So those oh. are gone, unfortunately, but you can still pre-order the book. Right on. So let's start with that. What, what, what is your uh, book about? Sure. Yeah. So uh, the book is called An American Mile, and it is essentially a five-year project that I worked on uh, in like exploring the American Southwest, uh, just documenting the the landscapes and the environments out there. So something I started in 2017, and um, just well, I wrapped up the photography of it in around 2020, and then uh, just finally uh, got to this point with the book. Nice. And where can, uh, where can somebody pre-order? Yeah. So on the publisher's website or on uh, my website, which we'll link to that. So uh, my website's kylemcdougallphoto.com. And then the, the publisher is, is called Subjectively Objective. So if you just Googled that, you'd find it. Nice. And we'll have a link in the show notes for anybody interested in pre-ordering. Cool. Uh, but this also includes your trip to... Uh, down uh route 66 yeah yeah so basically the book uh or the project started in 2017 myself uh me and my wife we basically sold our house sold everything we owned um i i had a video production business with the partner which i left and we bought a truck and a trailer and uh basically took off for about 11 months uh and went across canada and then into the states and did essentially this massive road trip where we lived in this trailer. And uh, that was kind of a turning point for me with my focus in photography. I used to do a lot of like traditional landscape uh, work, which I was kind of losing interest in or had been for a while. And uh, that trip is when I, you know, got back into film photography and then discovered, you know, the landscapes of the American Southwest and Route 66 and all these basically time capsules and old places. And um just was hooked and that's kind of what started the the project and I made you know trips back over the years after that wow you you just 
just left it, uh, just, just shifted that dramatically to from, from one thing to the other. Uh, what what inspired you to do that? Like, what wh- was there uh, any? Were you feeling any kind of like discontent with your your, your previous setup? Um, I wouldn't say discontent. I would. I will say, I, like, I can be a pretty like sporadic person. Um, and impulsive, but I would say for the most part, um, I had been doing television and video production for maybe like seven or eight years at, at that point and had a pretty busy video production business. And, um, I think me and my wife just wanted to like go and, you know, we, we obviously planned and saved and stuff so we could do that. And we just wanted, we liked the idea of taking off and just being able to spend like a lot of time together and, and just kind of see what was next. I think we were ready for a change essentially, but there wasn't like one defining thing that sparked it. Yeah. And since then, it's just been, um, I mean, from, from that time, you, you are now uh, in England. And how did that transition happen from uh, traveling all around to the United States to, to, to jolly old England? Um, what was it photographic related or what, what was it? Uh, was there something else that inspired that move yeah so um my wife is actually british so that was you know the main reason why we came over here but um at the end of that trip uh in later in 2018 we did go back to canada first and then we decided to move over here in 20 kind of end of 2019 uh, just to be closer to, to her family and stuff like that uh, but i you know after we did that trip even though we went back to canada we were still kind of like it was a period of time to like evaluate like kind of what's next you know we didn't want to go back to and just kind of fall back into exactly what we were doing before um so yeah that sparked the move and then we moved over here in well throughout 2020 obviously with covid it complicated things and there was a lot of back and forth but um we've been here since 2020 so it i will say the past five years have been kind of all over the place which has been certainly interesting (laughs) Um, how has COVID affected uh, your business with, with the, the the traveling that that, that you need to do for uh, some of your work? Yeah, so I mean, it was interesting because when we moved over here in 2020 was when COVID happened, but it was also a period where like. I made most of my living before running a video production business and doing filmmaking work. Uh, But when we moved over here, it was kind of like a period to be like, okay, what's next? Do I want to go back in that direction? You know, photography had always for the most part been like this side thing, like my, my hundred percent passion, but I didn't really have to make it like monetize it essentially or make a business out of it. So it was a period coming over here where like COVID happened, we're moving to a new country and I'm also at the same time trying to decide, okay, like what, what's the direction here? So that's actually when I decided uh, to, I had my YouTube channel for about three years at that point and it was off and on, you know, I'd do some videos here and there, but uh, 2020 was when I said, um, why don't I try doing this full time? And that's essentially since then is what I've been doing uh, up until now. Very cool. And with your YouTube channel, what, what is what is your primary uh, focus on, on the channel? Because I see you do uh, kind of a a mix of film photography, digital photography. Um, in a nutshell, how would you describe uh, your channel to somebody who hasn't seen it? 
Yeah, so I, I would say it's film and digital, maybe a little heavier towards film, but for the most part, like it's I kind of it's always been sharing my journey, but not just like, hey, come watch me make photos because I find that incredibly hard to do because a lot of the times when I go out to make photos, I don't make anything I'm you know, that happy with, which is usually how it goes for a lot of us. So it's more so sharing my journey, but trying to just like share practical things that I'm learning as well, or that I'm curious about. And that's kind of how it was started is when I got back into film photography. Um, it was like learning all these things again. So I would make a video about whatever I learned and try and explain it to myself essentially before I had learned it, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a big mix of like, camera views, travel videos. I like to talk a lot about like, um, you know, like the creative journey, which I think is like an important part because there's so much kind of like behind the scenes that we all struggle with beyond gear and stuff. So uh, yeah. And, and, and a lot of like the artistic side of things as well. So it's a big mix, a big mix of everything. And part of your camera reviews, um, I, I saw that you did use uh, various Fujifilm gear. Um, do you, do you own any Fujifilm gear right now? I do. Yeah. So Fuji is, uh, like the digital camera brand that I've shot with for the past, uh, few years now. When I got back into film, I was purely film. And then around 2020, I started shooting with an X100, which I shot some of the, an American mile with. Um, and since then, uh, I have an X-T4, which I almost 100% use for video just yeah. YouTube um, stuff, which is amazing for that. Um, and then I also own a GFX 50R and some lenses. But I, I had a I had a 100S um, up until about a few months ago, and now I'm with the 50R. Nice. And and how, how are you liking the the GFX system? I love it. Yeah. I mean, it takes like it takes everything that I love about Fuji's APS-C cameras and just puts it into essentially a larger sensor so you know the film profiles obviously with it being mirrorless still the adaptability for lenses uh and just like i've always just been so happy with the image quality and the files from the fuji cameras i feel like for me and the style that i like i don't have to do like a ton to them uh so it's been great. And, and one of the big reasons for me getting the GFX as well was I use it double duty uh, to scan my film. So um, about a year ago, my primary way of scanning film was a, a thing called a Nikon CoolScan 9000, which was which is kind of a hilarious name saying it out loud now. <laughs> very, very uh, early 2000s. But it was like the the film scanner back in the day. And it still produces incredible results. But um they're really expensive. They're worth maybe 3000 pounds. And I had a chance to use a GFX and do some like camera scanning of my film with the GFX. And I'm just like, you know, the results are so incredibly close and I could basically swap the cool scan for a GFX and have essentially like a film scanner that I could also take out and make photos with. So <laughs> uh, better, a little bit better value out of it. That's very cool. I, I, I never thought to use the, um, although I, 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 the, the last time I got to use a GFX camera, I, I did use it to, uh, photograph my old, uh, my, my parents, uh, old photos. So in, in a way, I think I did a bit of archiving myself with, with the GFX system. 
Nice. Yeah, uh, it, it works great. And for me, like a lot of my film work that I shoot is medium format. A lot of it is like six, four, five medium format. So the cool yeah. thing is, is like the sensor aspect ratio is the same. Um, so you can just like, you know, fill the frame essentially. Where if you're using like an XT4 or something, obviously the, the sensor's wider and then you're cropping and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, it's it's been amazing. Nice. So with all this photography like why why go why go the film route why when you're able to do everything uh digitally and with fujifilm able to replicate some of the film even uh you know with the film simulations you know what 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 is the appeal to to go uh the route of uh analog yeah, I think that the biggest thing for me, like I bounce, I use both and I bounce back and forth. I just got back from a trip last week and I was shooting, I shot GFX the whole time, even though I brought up a, a Pentax medium format film setup. Yeah. With me. But I think the biggest thing uh, is just like the process, you know, like the, the like physical, like you have the film in your hands and loading it in, and not being able to see the images until later on. And, you know, film still does have this quality to it that I don't think you can a hundred percent replicate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I say this a lot, like, you know, it's easy as photographers to get caught up in these like really little minute details. And we all talk about them all the time, you know, like bokeh and focus fall off and color rendition of different lenses, all these little things that do matter. But, you know, at the end of the day, if I made photos with a film camera or a digital camera or an APS-C or whatever it is, they're probably all going to look pretty similar at the end of the day because when they're in front of me on the screen, I'm editing them to get them to a point that looks good. And that's just regardless of what I use that typically gets things in a, in a similar realm. So, um, so with that being said, I think a huge thing, what like that I love with film is just, yeah, the, the process, you know, the old cameras have this character to them and just like choosing different film stocks. And it's, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, I bounce back and forth. Like when I, I've just been prepping all the, the image files for my book for before it goes to print. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, the process of removing dust is, <laughs> is been like enough to make me want to just quit. <laughs> film because, <laughs> because I'm talking like, you know, zooming into like two or 300% and trying, trying to get like the image files pristine. So it's like, I think they look good. I send them to the publisher. He's like, yeah, you're gonna have to do it again. I do it again send them yeah you miss some still so oh, wow it's not without its hassles for sure like digital obviously is more convenient and has a lot of practical advantages but yeah i think film will always just have this charm to it so let's rewind the clock a little bit um where where did your uh love for photography start um what was the uh, what was the first moment where you picked up the camera and, and said, this is it, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So I actually, um, once I like years and years ago, when I got out of high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I moved uh, out to Western Canada, uh, for a year out to the mountains. And just, that's when I kind of got into photography. I was just really inspired by the landscapes out there. Um, and that set me basically down the path I'm down now, you know, just discovering photography, getting into filmmaking. Um, I ended up going to film school, 
did that for two years shooting 16 millimeter film and just I mean, basically ever since I've just been hooked. It's like I discovered this like visual art that I just really loved. I think part of it, you know, all a lot of the work that I do or almost all of the photography work that I do is often by myself. So out in these, you know, quiet environments and whatnot. So it's always been this way to just like go and disconnect and like focus in a way that you normally wouldn't in day to day life. So that's really what sparked it. And then ever since, you know, I've, like I said, I've been doing it, making a living from it uh, for about 15 years now. And, um, you know, there's been like for all of us, I'm sure there's ups and downs of, um, creative energy and interest, but, uh, I still very much feel the same about it, uh, that I did back then. So of all your, uh, camera usage, um, because you've you've used them pretty much all uh, as as far as like size goes um you you've you've done large format i i guess like four by five would be can would be in the large format range yep um medium format with uh six four five uh and uh all those variations uh to to regular film thirty five millimeter um, to to APS-C with uh, Fujifilm, medium format with Fujifilm. What would would there be a favorite either camera that you've used, uh, or 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 is it uh, a favorite film size that you used? And what is it about that particular size slash? camera that that really speaks to you what what is it that makes using that uh like that that special feeling above all others yeah so i would say this is tough because one of the things i've struggled with my whole creative career is like my focus like i have a hard time maintaining focus like i'll bounce to, i'll be like i'm doing a project on this and i'm not shooting on anything else and then i'll be like oh i should try out this camera <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, but i would say on the film side of things my f- absolute favorite is six by seven medium format which is obviously one of the larger medium format sizes um and the camera is a pentax six six seven yeah um, and uh, what I love about that is, I mean, it's ridiculous and gigantic, but it ha- it's like a big, massive SLR. So it's still like, you know, it's still very portable. You can handhold it. It has like a prism finder. It's basically like you have this gigantic 35 millimeter SLR, but you're, you're shooting a, a massive size negative. And uh, from that, you could, you know, scanned properly. You could print one of those negatives uh, or one of those images really, really large. So, uh, there's just a lot of possibility with those files. And then obviously uh, six by seven is the exact same uh, aspect ratio as four by five, which I, you know, enjoy quite a bit. It's a a pretty traditional aspect ratio. Um, And then, you know, with a film negative size that big, you do get some like Pentax has a 105 2.4 lens, which would be equivalent to like a, you know, a field of view to like a 55 maybe. And, yeah. and obviously really, really shallow depth of field. So you get this for like environmental portraits, you get like just this super unique look and separation from that. Um, four by five, I like, but as much as I've just never, 
I think I finally accepted that it doesn't suit my way of working because it is such a really involved process, which is what yeah. I love about it. But um, on the digital side, GFX is for sure my favorite. And uh, I, like I said, I had the 100S. I have the 50R now. Uh, both great cameras. Um, and what I like about them, obviously, you know, bigger sensor, but I like uh, how it's like a native four by three sensor. And I actually shoot it most of the time uh, in a crop mode. So in like a um, four by five crop mode. So it, so whatever I shoot on the GFX, essentially the aspect ratio, I can match up with what I'm shooting on film. Um, but yeah, the That's GFX, cool. yeah, the GFX is just such a fun system with that bigger sensor and being mirrorless and being able to, you know, adapt different lenses and stuff like that. My favorite with the GFX has become uh, the the panoramic. Oh uh, yeah, view. yeah, yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty neat. I am probably going to find a a fifty R somewhere used. They're um, so they're so affordable now. I mean, considering what you uh, like, what you're getting, it's crazy. It it is, and. I, I've I've had the chance to play with the 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 brand new fifty uh, RS uh, the fifty S uh, not the fifty R. I wish there was a new fifty R, um, uh, but but the fifty S two, um, the one hundred S I got to use last year, and while I love the the S model, I. I there was just something about the R. I think it's because that it's still allowing you to use the the knobs rather mm -hmm. than the internal menu mm -hmm. um, primarily. That is and, one. That's one thing I missed on the 100s. Yeah, is that it didn't have those dials. And then the the 100s. I mean, it's an incredible camera. But I'll tell you what, I did notice such a big difference between working with those files compared to yes. with, like, and I have a Mac mini M one that, you know, performs really well for for most things, but there was like a noticeable, uh, chug with the computer working with those hundred megapixel files. And, um, <laughs> it's funny though. Cause like uh, Fuji, you know, obviously goes and releases the 100 S it's way cheaper than the, the original 100 was like, I mean, the price you can get it for, for what it is, is pretty wild. So it's, it's so appealing. And I think that maybe, um, makes you forget a little bit like that you might not actually <laughs> need 100 megapixels because <laughs> it's just so appealing because of the price and obviously the sensor and all that. And then, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of camera. It's a lot of camera in a lot of file. Yeah. Um, that I, I, I noticed that too. And, um, my, my Mac, I had a, old uh macbook pro um I, I forget what year it is i think it's a it was a 2014 um and, and the jpegs were just j j like the wedding that i photographed with it uh was amazing um and fortunately it didn't require a lot of post-production um because the post-production was super slow um just trying to bat do things in batch and it was uh, the, the computer was like ah, no <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. You don't realize until you get it, and you're like, oh, okay. Because it's funny. I so, so often like you know there there's complaints about every camera and every this and that, and I often am just like, ah, I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. And a lot of times things aren't as big of a deal as they can be made out to be. But that was one of those ones where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, people are right. It is these are huge files that are difficult <laughs> to work with. I mean, you you don't get that very often where you know the camera is too much camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, which isn't the worst problem to have, but at the same time, it's like um, you know the fifty megapixel files from the GFX fifty R. For for the type of work I do, I mean, they're they're huge. They're like eight thousand or 9,000 pixels on the long edge. And that's, you, you can do a lot with that. Yeah. It's you're, essentially, it's, it's a more workable version of the, <laughs> that you can use. For sure. Um, and no one will be the wiser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Especially when you're posting them on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Your your channel has uh, a good amount of success. Um, it, it, as a content creator, like that's got to feel pretty good. Where where um, a, a, a nice um, audience to to um, to kind of reciprocate with the the kind of. Uh, things you want to show like for example what you mentioned um that you don't always take a photo when you go on these uh certain trips and i i find that refreshing actually i find that very honest um and i i could my god i could i could just like leave your channel up and just allow it to kind of coast through um just for you going to different places and just kind of getting that, you know, just, just, just trying to take it all in, uh, as you look for compositions. Um, so that, that, that is, if I'm not mistaken, that is your approach to your channel. Yeah. Like the, so the travel videos, it's, it's funny. There's, it's been a challenge for me because, you know, not every video I make is a travel video where I right. go on location, but I really enjoy making them and sharing, you know, sharing the kind of adventure and the journey and the process. But the challenge at first, and it still is to me, is like, you know, I feel like, okay, I need to make images to show people and I want to make images that I'm proud of. But A, you know, until I had this YouTube channel, I've never, like photography has always been this like solo, really like almost meditative process so you know now you're working in this other creative element which is uh tricky but then just the reality of um you know oftentimes you'll go on a trip and you might not make anything like i just did this two-day trip and i made one image that i'm like really happy with but just one and then a couple others that are okay but i I think i've gotten to the point where i'm like you know that is how it goes for a lot of us and that's the reality of photography and i think it's important to also showcase that like you know i am starting to even warm up more and more to the idea of like yeah like showcasing like here are all the images i made and the ones that i thought were going to work and this is why they didn't and here's maybe one that did work and this is why i enjoy it um because yeah i mean it's so easy nowadays with social media and we're seeing all you know people's 
pages and profiles and everything's curated and, you know, people are posting up image after image and you can just like get detached from the fact that like, you know, making a good image is difficult and it doesn't and shouldn't happen every single time you go out. You know, you got to find the right subject. You need things to align. You got to also be able to execute from a technical and proficiency standpoint. So um, I think it's important to like talk about that and, you know, remind ourselves that otherwise, uh, you know, things just get a little unrealistic. And then I think it can be easy for us to put pressure on ourselves and be like, oh, why, you know, am I just not good at this? But uh, yeah, I mean, photography is hard and it'll always, always be hard. And with that, um, with the kind of direction that you've gone with your channel, where, what, what, what else do you have planned now that, um, that, that things are finally opening up? Um, I I don't know how the, the rules are, uh, in in England, but with, with, we, we don't have to worry so much about, uh, a pandemic anymore. Mm. Um, like, like what, what are some of the things that you, you have in store for your channel as far as like maybe destination goes, uh, and so forth? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's funny. I actually just took about a two month break from the channel. I, I needed, uh, for a few reasons just to kind of step back and, and evaluate some things. But yeah, I would, I would say now, um, moving forward, things are going to pick back up in September, uh, consistently and full time again. Um, but I think, you know, wrapping up this American West project and getting this book kind of out there has, um, I think like really inspired me ever since I've been in England, it's basically been two years of just experimenting. You know, the landscape's so different. I'm going to all these places. I'm trying to figure out, you know, exactly how I want to approach my next body of work and what I want it to be. But I think wrapping up this book and seeing it come together has really like inspired me and given me a lot of um, ideas for how, how I could approach things here. Um, So, yeah, I have basically plans now for my next project, which is going to be here in England. And I want to share a bunch of that process on the channel, just from, you know, travel trips, sharing the process of, you know, trying to go out and make these images. But then, of course, um, still like a, a big part of my channel over the years has also been these like, um, I guess, like technical review videos where I'm sharing things that I'm like learning. So like, you know, film exposure tests or, you know, new cameras that I'm working with doing reviews on that. And that'll always be part of the channel. Still it's just trying to like, yeah, I, I basically want whoever comes to my channel and watches a video, if that's a travel trip or if that's anything else, I want it to be, to have something in it that they can either like learn or like a message, like there's some sort of purpose in each video. So it's not just like a, Hey, come watch me do stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, in ter- it's, to answer a question about, uh, like travel trips and all that, um, I w- I just want to explore essentially, I think, you know, in the near future, just the UK focus on that. I mean, um, the, there's this uh, novelty, you know, being from Canada and living here, there's this novelty to me of being able to like, you know, drive to the top of the country in like, well, to say the top of England in like, you know, five hours. So you can, there's just, you can cover so much ground quickly. So, 
uh, England, Scotland, you know, some of the, the, um, like far North kind of aisles and stuff like that. I want to explore and just, yeah, make photos, see what I find. And eventually do battle with Thomas Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Thomas's. I mean, I don't watch, t- to be honest, I don't watch too much YouTube at all because um, I find it really challenging, obviously, you know, being so invested in like spending so much time making YouTube videos. The last thing I want to do when I'm not is go and watch <laughs> YouTube. Uh, but Thomas's channel is certainly one of the ones that I do watch. I've never met him, but he seems like a cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I just think that would be funny that both of you meet in the in, in the landscape arena, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's two bulls fighting for it. <laughs> who who gets to stay in that spot? Um, but that's um, but that's awesome. Being able to have that new area to explore. That's that's got to be in in some ways a, a great feeling where you you don't know where you are and, and it kind of gives your your eyes your your sensory uh that that bit of uh extra focus because you you you're not familiar with your your area your surroundings um your switch from um North America, uh, the, 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 the various landscapes, uh, here stateside, uh, and, and Canada side, um, versus what you're seeing in England. Um, what are some of your new experiences that you're seeing as, as far as a, a landscape goes and, and what are some of the new things that have been your favorites to, to kind of focus on photo, uh, photograph. Yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting question just because, um, my previous project, you know, in, a, in American mile, um, for people who haven't seen it, it's, you know, a lot of these like wide open desert spaces, like harsh light, old buildings, um, just photographing these environments. Not, it's very much not like traditional landscape photography, um, and that's more of what I'm interested in nowadays are these like, for anyone who knows Stephen Shore's work, um, you know, just photographing these like almost mundane environments, uh, but in like a, approaching it from with like, you know, proper composition and, and, you know, different types of light and stuff like that. So it's very much not like these beautiful dramatic landscapes, which is funny because some of the areas I've loved the most since moving here, um, just because I, I, I've always loved the wilderness is like Snowdonia is a big one. Um, just so accessible and like really dramatic, uh, like, you know, uh, mountains, obviously not as high as the Rockies and stuff like that, but really, really beautiful. Um, but from a photography standpoint, that stuff hasn't really interested me that much just because again i'm not into this kind of traditional landscape photography so it's very much been two years of searching because it is so drastically different than obviously the american southwest and route 66 and stuff like that um but i'm starting to learn what the like rural or you know unique or quirky little areas in in england like what what those things are so um yeah, I would say that it's still very much being discovered, but I've been spending a lot of time um, in different, like smaller, you know, seafront towns, 
Um, there's like a lot of interesting, like old art, they call them arcades and like amusements and stuff. And, uh, you know, rural, I, I was just photographing on this last trip, you know, driving back roads. That's kind of what I do wherever I am. And, you know, I found this old gas station that was like still operating and selling gas, but like the interior was like a time capsule with the shelves just completely empty, but it like the old Schweppes cooler. And I shot some portraits of the guy in there. So, um, very different landscape and it has been a bit of a challenge because you know we all develop these habits of how we like approach a certain landscape and how we process it and the tools we use and for a while since moving here i was trying to just like apply that to the landscape here and it wasn't working but um yeah i I, for the most part i'm really just interested in like rural smaller places and meeting people and you know just unique unique environments that's interesting that you need to kind of relearn photography based on the, the new location. Um, has there been like, uh, th- does that mean like you're, you're, you're what used to be something like, and I would just use this as an example, like it, it, instead of using um, uh, like a 50 millimeter lens, uh, you're needing to kind of go, wider in certain places mm-hmm. or uh maybe even more macro in certain places uh like like that that's intriguing that it w- it would uh shake things up uh in, in that that way or or are you seeing that you're favoring a, another film camera over an, an, another uh yeah. for certain aspects Yeah, I think like certainly like there's technical things like so, for example, a lot of the work that I did in the American Southwest was uh, shot on film. And when it wasn't, I was still processing the files in a similar way. But obviously, you know, the landscape there is like a lot of blue sky, a lot of like brown, arid, uh, you know, landscapes. So like the, the processing style was like usually desaturated, you know, pretty bright, you know, I'd have quite open shadows, like just to match what I was feeling there, shooting a lot, all the film I shot for the project for the most part was portrait 400. So then I just applied that when I came here, you know, shooting the same film processing in the same way, because it was these habits I developed. And, and here it's obviously like the lights a lot different. It can be a, pretty flat at times. There's a lot of green Um, the landscape is just different. So all of a sudden that like formula was just not working here. So I'm still very much kind of discovering how I want to treat things. I shot a lot of black and white here, which is maybe going to be a bit of a side project, but if anything, it's like not these drastic changes, but it's more just like, you know, a, a little more contrast maybe. Um, and then also approaching how I treat the, you know, like the greens. I've been shooting a lot of digital here. So just figuring out which like Fuji profile I like to use. So it is these technical things. And even like, I would say as well, maybe shooting a little bit of uh, like all of my work for the previous project, I didn't shoot wider than like a 35 millimeter lens or the equivalent of it. And here I found myself maybe going to like 28 at times, a little bit wider. So not drastic differences, but there are these changes just to like, I think part of it is to, to work with the the change in landscape. And then I think also part of it is probably just like, you know, gr- like evolving as an artist, you know, uh, we all kind of change over time a little bit and it has been five years. So, yeah. 
So over the course of your, the, 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 your film photography career, what, are, what have been some of your favorite uh, films that you used? I would say Portra 400. And that's such probably an expected answer because that's like, I mean, we don't have a ton of color negative film stocks available anyways nowadays. It, it, it's very limited. I, I realized that the question is going to get smaller and smaller by the years. For sure. Um, but I, I think the thing with that and the reason I like it so much is it's just a really um, flexible film and it gives you a nice looking image and it's incredibly flexible when it comes to exposure. I mean, not that you would do this, but you, I've done some tests with Port 400. You can overexpose it by like three or four stops and it'll look like pretty similar to what it would look like exposed normal once you correct it. So it's just this film that you're able to go. It doesn't have like a really super baked in look or anything like that. So it'll give you this file that you can essentially uh, it's like a, a really great base to work from. And that's why I've liked it so much. Um, you know, there is this novelty with film. Like if I just want to go out and shoot for a day and have some fun, there is this novelty of shooting with like some, you know, slide film or something that has like a really strong look. But for the most part with digital and with film, what I'm looking for is just like a file that is going to give me room to work with in the edit. I don't want to like bake anything too heavy in uh, while I'm out on location. Yeah. And I got to say, your uh, American Mile book, uh, the the photos that you took in there, when you talk about like the the, the film that you used, uh, one of the things that just strikes me uh, is that that color of the sky, um, the the color of the sky, which is. I want to say, for the most part, fairly consistent in in, in a lot of the photos. It kind of that that clear blue sky just kind of keeps everything together. Uh, it gives gives all of your photos that, um, especially within that book, uh, just just something about it that unites everything in in. And it gives it that extra bit of appeal. Uh, I, I love the 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 places that you're photographing. Uh, the the you're basically taking the mundane and making it central focus. Um, it, it is awesome. Very simple kind of makes me want to watch cars again um <laughs> i just watched that for the first time like a week ago which is hilarious and i was like oh this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> i know that place yeah yeah um oh, th- thank but- you thank you for that though um i mean it, what's so interesting with this work for me i i've i've said it a couple times already but you know for such a long period in my career i did like traditional landscape you know dramatic landscapes wider angle lenses you know dramatic light saturation and i loved it and i but i just started to lose interest in that type of work yeah i think what was such a shock to me with this new type of work and it's not for everyone and you know no work should be for everyone um is it was just such a shift 
you know, I went from like doing that type of imagery to making stuff now where I'm shooting like no wider than 35 mil. I'm shooting in the middle of the day in like harsh light. There's no like dramatic sunset light or anything, you know, in, in a large portion of the images. A lot of the compositions are very simple. So it's just like such a shift for me in terms of how I was approaching things, but I loved what I was making. Like it really appealed to me. And I think um, it was just such like a welcomed and needed and needed change. Um, So that's been, that's been a lot of fun and just trying to, trying to apply that over here. Nice. It is. Yeah. Again, the, the, the photos that you take are are just, awesome and the locations that you visit are, are, are all places that man i would love to 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 see one day um and i, I can't wait to see where else you go you have uh, a very interesting uh way of looking at things uh i i think that you, the the fact that you don't want to do those traditional um landscape photos in an area that is rife with those traditional landscape photos is, is I, can't, I can't wait to see what you come up with. Um, that, that, that challenge is uh, certainly there, but I mean, you're in a, you're in a land that has thousands of years of history and um, you know, that being able to, we, we, you, you seem to have that eye to, to draw that out when you mentioned like the, that one gas station. Um, I can't wait to see where else you travel to and uh, what you can extract out of those locations. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm excited for it. It's, it's funny hearing you say that I had someone message me the other day on Instagram and they were just like, Hey, like, I'm just curious, you know, you living in, in England now and having access to Europe, you know, uh, so many like beautiful locations around like i'm just curious why you kind of uh almost take like a dystopian angle to things <laughs> and, <laughs> and i'm and i think what is important to me is like uh there are like i mean even england itself is beautiful uh all the coastal areas in wales with snowdonia and the lake district up in you know top of england and stuff like there are incredible landscapes and people are doing really great i guess what you could say like traditional landscape work um but for me like it just doesn't appeal to me anymore like and i think uh for all of us as photographers i think it's so important just to like whatever it is you find that interests you um, I think that's what you should shoot regardless of like what you think people are going to think about it. Um, or if, even if it's like a drastic shift from what you've done in the past. One of these days I want to go to England and for, I want to spend at least a couple weeks on what, what is it? The traveling, the, the narrow boats, the, the oh, channels. The canals. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like it, that's like, a story in itself. Yeah, that that's got to be something that somebody could do for a couple of weeks. For sure. Yeah, I've been on one for like a day. That was it. But yeah, I mean, it's so fascinating. Just travel, travel the whole country almost. I think is the canal system that that wide. Um, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is pretty long though. You can go for quite a while. Like people live on them, and I think the rules are like as long as you you're moving every like 
14 days or something, you can just go and moor up at different places and you just got to shift every now and then. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it's cool. Oh man, I, I, I got to rethink my retirement now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, I've always, uh, had the joke that, um, yeah, I, I, I love like, uh, like the, the sailboats, uh, how people can live off, uh, just the, the, their sailboats go traveling the world. Mm. Um, I, I love the interior of a lot of boats, but my problem is that I'm afraid of the water. Oh, there you go. Canal's perfect. If you fell out, you could probably stand right up. <laughs> Although you might want to take a shower afterwards. At least the canal's around here. Right. Yeah. Mental note. Yeah. Uh, so this might be perfect for me. Yeah. The, the lake water doesn't bother me. Ocean water terrifies me. <laughs> there you go. It sounds like a good fit. <laughs> um, I'll bring my camera. Um, especially if I fall in. <laughs> <laughs> The so let's uh, kind of go back to to Fujifilm. Uh, sure. We'll end it there. Sure. Um, of of the Fujifilm cameras, the GFX system is uh, you, you said your favorite to use. Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I have the XT4 and uh, I use it purely for video just because APS-C doesn't really appeal to me too much for the photography work that I do. Yeah. Um, but for video, I mean, it's incredible, especially for the price and nice and compact and IBIS and 10-bit video and all that stuff. Um, but from a photography standpoint, yeah, GFX, I did have a, an X100F and spent some time with the V. I really like that camera as well. I did shoot some images for the book with that. Um, but again, you know, if you give me an APS-C sensor or a or a, a like digital medium format sensor, I'm going to go with the, with the bigger one for the work that I do. So the GFX for sure is, is my pick. Do you have a favorite film simulation on the GFX that, um, that you tend to lean towards? Yeah. So I have like a modified, uh, classic Chrome. That's what, that's my go-to. Like I basically, when I'm editing my raw files, I start with classic Chrome, but I have a nice. preset that kind of, corrects a few things that i'm not super happy with but i've found that that like a big thing especially, especially for the american west work is that i find uh treats the blues in like a similar way to portra to what i was getting with portra you know it shifts them a little bit towards like more of a cyan uh and then i'm usually just adding back in a little bit of saturation and, and tweaking a few things but classic chrome is really nice nice the, the, i Love classic chrome. Um, I, I, I lean towards a nostalgic negative, but uh, nostalgic negative. It, it's what's interesting. I think they. I I, I don't shoot with it just because it's a bit too much of a look uh, for yep. the work that I do. But I'll tell you what. I think that's one of the best. Um, I think Fuji's almost done the best job with that in terms of replicating a certain look. Like that reminds me. Really reminds me of like a scan you would get of like Fuji superior 400 or, or something like that in 35 millimeter. They've the, the look of it is great. Yeah. It, it, it gave me some of my best fall wedding photos. Um, yeah. And I was, hang on. Am I thinking about the right one? Maybe <laughs> there's classic negative is nostalgic negative. The new one. It would be the newer one. 
Oh, yeah. I apologize. My dog is going nuts. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's one of the, whichever one looks like old 35 millimeter film. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a bit since I've shot it. <laughs> um, that's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, who could pick just one? <laughs> that's very cool. Um, well, Kyle, it was awesome having you on the show. Um, definitely need to have you back on uh, next time to uh, chat more about film, chat more about the locations that you've been in. Uh, I, I can't wait to see uh, what else you come up with uh, as far as uh, your destinations uh, on your channel. Uh, why don't you tell the world where they can find your channel and where they can find your book one more time? Cool. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, if, yeah, if anyone wants to take a look at my work, uh, kylemcdougallphoto.com is my website. And then on YouTube, you can just search Kyle McDougall or Instagram Kyle McDougal as well. And you'll, you'll find me on there. Perfect. Well, awesome having you on, man. Um, definitely we'll, we'll do this again and, um, yeah, best to you. And, I, I hope your, your your summers are going to be a little bit less horrifying now that the temperatures are going down. And uh, yeah, we'll 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 see you next time. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Mark. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope to see you back next week. I wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Mostly Instagram, though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, Xmark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show, where it's more spice of life and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice... That's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.